0: it has happened dear people the german has taken over finally this podcast kick out the poor british people they're not in our union anymore it is the time it has come so far i teased it in every podcast the germans are on top again i'm just kidding (laughs) hi guys how are you doing oh this is our little uh tête-à-tête rendezvous dinner you're listening to now because unfortunately tom got ill get well soon tom hopefully for tomorrow because tomorrow we already need to talk about dynamite but it's just me patrick hello and my lovely colleague friend and the only redhead i know it's really like that that's a fact <laughs> jack griffin
1: hello thank you patrick what a warm welcome um yeah unfortunately we've not got our main host tom here today he's feeling a bit under the weather not usual self so we told him you know take it easy rest up um you know and get you get himself better you know health before podcast so we did have a like ask around a bit of our regular guests we like to feature liam and hugh both are busy we also asked other friends in the group chat no one got back to us so you've ended up with just me and patrick but you know the show must go on as they say hey patrick
0: yeah, and the last time Germans and English people were together like in a, in such a thing, it always ended good for the Germans, but
1: uh, <laughs> I swear, I'm
0: referencing did... to football now, not to oh. the war. Now it's, now it's football time. The last games Germany that. against England were good, oh. just for the Germans.
1: I swear every podcast, you got to slip it in one, don't you? <laughs> you've always got to slip it in. Now, I'm looking forward to it, to be fair. Great pay-per-view it was. Um, and yeah, now we get to talk about it. And I've been waiting since Sunday night, Monday morning to talk about it. And the time is now. It is Wednesday. I don't know why we're always so late with this right. thing. As we say, the most unprofessional podcast. But now the it's Busy the time. Bees.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have a professional life outside of this profession. so We do. And how, how we has your been week also, been, I've been I
1: didn't. I didn't catch you, did I, for the last uh, episode? It was you. So.
0: Yeah, it was a, a lot. Like, I was super busy doing... The things I do during the week. Uh, on the weekend, I I could relax a lot. That was really nice. And today it started snowing again here in Iceland. Super Aww. nice, right? The, the spring is coming. So <laughs>
1: I love how that's spring for you. Here it's just been windy and rainy. This is the thing. England compared to Iceland, everyone moved to Iceland, and it sounds a lot better than here in England.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we'll have the rain and the wind throughout the whole year when it's not snowy and windy then it's rainy and windy so ah, yeah,
1: there you go
0: that's the thing it's actually worse than in britain maybe i don't know if it's worse <laughs> but coming back to wrestling my friend Let's because i have to talk about it there happened a lot a lot a lot uh, i was also like you said before i was super excited for the pay per view uh, i have to say not only because um they said somebody, some big reveals will be in there, mostly before uh, before the main event, and also like uh, some storyline uh, developments that could happen in their pay per view. Yeah, but let's start with the buy in. Did you watch the buy in?
1: Oh yeah, the buy the buy in was good. Um, it was obviously uh t- t- remember, Thunder Rosa and Reho. Um, and Britt Baker, and who yeah, I thought yeah. was going to be Reba and Rebel, and everyone then kept on telling me that she was maybe injured. I'll let you take the lead with this to reveal who it was. But, yeah, looking, for, I was looking forward to this a lot, because if anyone knows me, I love Thunder Rosa, and I love Britt Baker. So, any match in them.
0: Right, right. Yeah, right. And then that was a little bit the thing where like, well, how good could Reba be, or Rebel, Reba, not Reba, Reba, Rebel. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, how could she add up to this match? Because we had really good wrestlers in there. I wouldn't say she's a bad wrestler, but she's not on the same level, I guess. And then Britt came out and announced that Reba is unable to compete because she has been attacked backstage. Well, that's one of those, those
1: as well. Do you think do you think it was a legit injury or do you think it was just like... Nah, nah. it was work. <laughs> nah, it, it was a was work. work. When you just see sure. from
0: what happened in the match. But the biggest thing or the first uh, announcement of the night came when... Uh, they announced a replacement, which was to a huge pop from the audience. And also myself, uh, Maki Ito. She came in directly from Japan after resting at a NJ, uh, no, not NJ, but a TJPW show on Saturday evening. She directly flew 16 hours straight to Florida. We're not talking about, uh, COVID in this case, if that's possible or not, if that's good or not, but she came in, flew in and rocked the house immediately. Right
1: amazing honestly it, it got pop from me i was doing a live watch along with um tom um tom didn't manage to make it through the whole show i actually i shouldn't even neither of us managed to make it through he dipped before me but i managed um to, up till the last two and i started drifting but now with the buy-in i popped maki ito she was one of the standout stars from the japanese side of the bracket um one of the ones that really took not just mine but everyone's kind of attention and as a fan base everyone loved her she had such a unique kind of style unique you know presence obviously coming out and singing at the start as well um wrestling's great and her social media presence she's kind of got the whole package as a wrestler when you look at it that way and coming out and um yeah just just the reception she got there as well like it's not even a full crowd this is obviously they said was their biggest crowd they've had um post covid and, um, yeah, you could tell it was loud. Um, and, yeah, the, everyone loved her. Um, I specifically like how she's obviously still over here. Obviously, flying away to Japan, she would be. She made an appearance on BTE, um, which, you know, they, she did a little um, segment with Dark Order, which awesome. I loved. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, and she you, know, she, you know, she's got her either eventually get signed or have more kinda, you know, AEW related stuff going on because she's just a star in the making, right? She has so much potential over here. And um and it showed in this match the work rate with her and Britt was amazing. Um surprise they won. It was kinda me and Tom was saying in terms of, you know, who who was gonna get the win. You look at both sides, Thunder Rosa obviously is a star and she has taken a couple pins, you know, on dynamites and stuff, but then Riho as well. Like, you weren't sure whether uh, having Riho in, are you gonna let her lose at the first on a pay per view? And then you look at the other side, Makito coming in, you know, is she gonna get it? It was all these different scenarios. You're like, you didn't see it coming, but now, nah, match as, as a buy in match, incredible. What was your thoughts, Pat?
0: Yeah, same here. Uh, I didn't stop the clock. Uh, but i would say like from my feeling that maki ito even got the the longest in-ring time of all competitors there she was very long time in the ring yeah she was also able like in in the beginning like a first uh first round in in the ring let's say like this when she was in there she was uh, not able to show that much of course some nice trademark moves but in the end in the second time she got really into the ring she was able to falls sideways onto the stomach i think it was on thunder Rosa, or so she did that it's just a trademark move i loved that really uh, but i also loved the 619 by reho oh yeah really cool like at, at one point also where the uh, uh brit baker interrupted and the momentum changed of the match uh, because the momentum was on thunder rosa's and Riho side and then it changed back to uh brit baker and makito and uh from then on, it was in between a little brawl and everything. So that that was really nice. It had a lot of action in there. And what was also cool, I wrote down here, yeah, Maki Ito countering a running knee from Riho into a half Boston Crab. Mm. That was just awesome, really. Like, this was really cool. Really nice moves they showed there. Uh, and in the end, uh, Britt Baker does the uh, the final... I, I wrote down that's uh, the Adam Cole super kick, <laughs> 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 because I think she got it from her boyfriend and uh then she pushed um thunder rosa yeah, right, thunder rosa rebel there's so many r's in the rebel Reba <laughs> rosa baker um she pushed her into into the ropes and the referee was uh was not seeing that uh, rebel not reba hit then thunder rosa with the crotch uh, with the no how oh, do you say is this crotch yeah right?
1: could, uh, crutch i i, I say crutch, crutch, yeah
0: Crutch, yeah right with that so yeah this is why i think the uh the injury is faked because yeah. you could directly see that that she was just there to be at ringside to upset and then because she was standing on the apron normally like if if you need to go on crutches you cannot just go up on the yeah, apron. Yeah, so sure. this is work um yeah but yeah this this was the match but more of this will happen later actually so then let's get into the show uh it opened actually with a graphic to remember Jim Crocker Jr who passed away which is a very important person in the wrestling history because yeah he invented WCW, so this is where where TNT actually, or not TNT, how was the Turner was his name, bought it from and everything. Yeah, then we got in the first match directly, the AEW Tag Team Championship, the Young Bucks versus MJF and Jericho. Um, yeah, your thoughts on that?
1: Thoughts on this, yeah, definitely a match that it took a while for me to appreciate it on the card. By that I mean... Because, obviously, initially started this whole kind of storyline as such would be, you know, the Inner Circle um, six-man, the you know, the Inner Circle tag match, um, where I personally wanted Santana Ortiz to win. They didn't end up winning. Obviously, Jericho and MJF ended up winning. Then it annoyed me with a bit where, obviously, Santana Ortiz then got a, you know, a title shot anyway. But nonetheless, that was all in the past. You can listen to that review when we talked about that a couple of weeks back. Uh, and then, obviously, they started to, you know push it up the gears you know getting a bit more bit more storyline into it a bit more presence you know getting a bit of hype going um obviously the pinnacle of that being two weeks ago where jericho and mjf attacked um papa buck which obviously then you really were into you know from zero to 100 you really ramped it up there and then last week obviously your review where i wasn't here but talking about um you know the young bucks attack on inner circle in general with the help of good brothers and you know attacking santana ortiz specifically especially that table spot which you talked about which is great um and then it came to this match which like like i obviously started that point saying i went from not really caring that much about it because jericho and mjf were just uh you know they just put together they're not a natural team um especially in tag matches but you know learned to love it and this match in general I was a fan of it. Would I would not say it was my match of the night. I think there were better matches and I've seen better tag matches from Young Bucks. But in terms of, I can see why they started with it. You know, you've got to start big. It's a title match, especially the tag team division is one of the main things AEW obviously has going for it. So it's a big, you know, big thing in general. But, um, I think, yeah, I think in general, a good match, enjoyed it. The right result came through, um, but I don't, I don't know if you'd agree, Patrick, and obviously when it gets to you, you, say, but I thought, you know, at some points in the match, I was like, could Jericho and MJF actually win? Like, could that actually happen? I, I obviously originally going into the match for easy young buck right, right. win. a lot
0: of near faults in the match, yeah.
1: Exactly, and... um yeah, right. But, but yeah, but lots of, lots of good spots, which I think I'll leave to you because I'm not so good on talking about the spots. But nah, in terms of the match, good match, not amazing, but a good way to start off what was a nice pay per view.
0: yeah see i completely agree with you it was not uh the most hype match for me i was mostly looking forward to it also as an opener it it was a good opener also it didn't steal the show or anything but got got us in a good mood they started like the young box actually started quite quite quick with uh, going at it completely directly attacking mjf and jericho but then the match settled a bit and became a real tag team match uh, it, I also wrote down just, it was a wild match. There were a lot of things, a lot of counter moves, a lot of near falls. Uh, what was also very interesting, I didn't, I don't think we saw a super kick party that often in, in a pay-per-view match. So it was a, quite a super kick party by the Bucks. Um, yeah, what was important actually also for the storytelling is uh, that Watlow interrupted a lot. But once he wanted to interrupt and then Jericho missed, I don't know who of the Bucks, and knocked him out with a Judas effect. And this led in the end their uh, loss
1: yeah I do uh, think uh, um, with Wardlow dead, like, I think that's them. what I think with Wardlow being there was one of the reasons why I thought maybe they could win because I obviously in typical MJF fashion where he gets yeah. given the diamond um yeah the ring I thought well, could that happen but obviously yeah. yeah with him then getting put out with the super kick um he obviously yeah then you just knew which way it was going
0: yeah right so that's that's the thing and this we will come to that later there will be another segment with it but this is quite important to see that uh, jericho knocked out Wardlow and uh, yeah i wouldn't say they they minimized their chances or they they lost with it directly but this led a l- little bit to it because they didn't have like the interference from outside anymore but yeah i don't have to add a lot here because it was just a good match it was just some crazy moves in between again from the young bucks as usual uh, Jericho also I still have to say Jericho with his age that he's still in the ring does that stuff he also he got, uh, got a got like you say BTE drivers what they call it together from them and when you looked at it he gets one knee in the back one knee in the front of his face and you're like yeah ay, ay, yeah ay, he's that old she <laughs> still does that for the money you're like oh my god but yeah good match good opener and when we're talking about tag teams, we can directly go to the second match because there came the casino tag team battle Royal. So just <laughs> to give a small glimpse of that because or just also about the rules uh because like in the beginning you're like what are the rules luckily they explain it for us the (laughs) rules are quite simple actually they are like they're like the royal rumble in the end you know just the difference is that one guy of the team has to be standing at the end for both of the uh, members of the team to win it you know just one is eliminated doesn't mean the whole team is eliminated and uh, they also have 90 every 90 seconds somebody enters but now comes the big difference hello wwe they have a counter (laughs) in the back which counts down and shows you the real time, not the WWE 90 seconds or so, <laughs> when somebody enters the ring. No, the real 90 seconds. <laughs> um, 15 teams were in it, so it's also a little Royal Rumble because there were 30 men in it. I don't know, do you know which which um, which team was the surprise entrant? I think it was Bear Country, that they are the ones which were not on the graphic, but I'm not sure because they said there will be a surprise entrant there was no real like focus on who was the surprise entrant because we talked about it last week also gorillas of destiny or who's coming there and in the end it was just no one it was just faded fading to black somewhere in the background it was n- no emphasis put on it so yeah what do you think about the match
1: now and well firstly to on your point i myself never actually thought there was a special guest i i know liam mentioned it in our group chat um and he Liam, our friend who obviously is featured on the podcast, he did a little um poll sort of thing for us to kind of guess who was going to win each match and you know um who'd be the main the main sign in and all this sort of stuff and um he put he did put a section for the secret tag team. I didn't know this was happening at all, but you know Liam informed us it was, and then obviously to our surprise, there was no secret or. I wouldn't say there was no secret tag team because, as you said, Bear Country, um, you couldn't see them on the graphic, and also um, Peter Avalon and Caesar Benoni. But in terms of that, I mean, they're obviously not, you know, secret tag teams because they're not really got the calibre to carry that title. So I don't know whether maybe someone pulled out, maybe they were meant to have a secret tag team and they pulled out because, you know, they couldn't get there or all this sort of stuff. But nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, right, yeah, so I've got a list of all the people in there in the... In the Battle Royal, which I'll run through. So, you've got the Natural Nightmares. You had three Dark Order teams Alan Five Angels, Preston Vance. Uh, they were one. Eva Uno and Steve Grayson. They were two. And obviously, Alex Reynolds and John Silver were there as well. You had the Inner Circle being represented by Santana and Ortiz. The Seidel brothers, Matt and Mike. Uh, the Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gun. Um, I did not know this was their tag team name until looking down, but the pretty picture is apparently a tag team name. Pretty, pretty Peter Avalon and Caesar Bononi. Actually, what is it Tom normally calls him? I don't know. Caesar Broccoli. I wanted to come up with a funny one there. Um, it, <laughs> uh, <Ballaroni. laughs> yeah, I don't know whether it works, Caesar Broccoli, but, you know, take it as you will. The Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. Uh, Bear Country, which was great to see because, you know, we don't see him often. Uh, Jurassic Express which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, obviously the Butcher and the Blade private party, SCU, Christopher Daniels and Frank is there in there death triangle. And as i previously stated, dark order being represented by Alex Reynolds and John Silver. So yeah, so they were the 15 teams, lots of great teams in there and a lot of teams, which you don't see a lot of, IE bear country. You don't see a lot of, um, who I know me and Tom have bigged up. So in terms of the problem I have with these sort of matches, and I know Hugh, um, said it in our little preview for revolution is it's so hard to follow the cameras struggle to pick up everything um and you know it's hard to keep track of who's there who's not there it's one of those um if you're trying to watch a, if you're trying to watch it and you know take absolute attention to everything um and be like okay who's out first who's out second i don't think you'll enjoy it as much as if you take it for what it is and just enjoy you know uh, you know, a free-for-all basically, because you spend so much time trying to keep track of everyone, and you lose the focus. You know, on who's actually making an impact in the um in the match. So we'll go straight to who won, so I can talk about it. Death Triangle, Ray Phoenix, and um, Pack. They would came out the winners. It was quite nice in the end because it was a like Mexican standoff between Pack and Ray Phoenix. Um, Pack Ray Phoenix, John Silver and Jungle Boy. Nice little J- Mexican standoff. And at that point, I mean, obviously the numbers were on the side of Death Triangle. Obviously both their members still being there. But you could see any of them winning. I know Jungle Boy, you know, never write him off. Um, I'm sure we're going to have a Jurassic Express like proper tag team push. I mean, we've had it quite recently in general. But in terms of um, being in the, the title picture, that's going to come soon. John Silver and Alex Reynolds have really been picking up, you know, lots and lots of fans, mainly from BTE, but also wrestling. We've started to see, you know, a side to them, which we never normally saw pre-COVID. Um, but they definitely, you know, have improved as wrestlers and each week and get a lot more screen time. And um, yeah, Death Triangle. I, I was a big fan of them. I thought I thought it's quite a nice take with Penta being injured. Um, actually, wasn't injured. He was in the ladder match. So it's a nice take with Penta being involved in another match to have them tag up. We know as a trio, they have great chemistry. So it is obviously going to happen that Pac and Ray Phoenix had good chemistry. They're similar sort of wrestlers. Pac being a bit more technical. Obviously, Ray Phoenix, as we know, High Flyer. I felt they gelled really nicely. And um, obviously, they then now win the um, future title match. Young Bucks uh, at a We've not been told where. I doubt it'll be three months and then double or nothing. I, it'll probably be a special Dynamite, whatever special Dynamite they're going to do at some point. Um, but it's nice because we have seen a lot of Young Bucks and um, Lucha, Lucha Bro matches. We've seen a l- two, well, not too many of them. You can never have too many, but we've seen a lot of them. So it's nice to still have 50% of the Lucha Bros in a match, but have something a bit different, and seeing how that addition of having Pack in the team is going to affect a match with the Young Bucks,
0: and they they are adding up to each other so much, right? Like Pack yeah. and and Phoenix are perfect, really.
1: Exactly. Um, but yeah. But again, as a, as a match in itself, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Again, not quite match of the night. Um, there's obviously it's pay per view, and every match could be. Match of the night for, you know, it depends, obviously, what sort of fan you are and who who your favorite wrestlers are. But no, enjoyed it for what it was. Nice to see all these tag teams that don't normally get even screen time on Dynamite to get airtime on a pay-per-view. It's a really nice way to, you know, show them that even though you don't get all the screen time you should, we are still there for you. We do still care about you. You are in our kind of image as a company. So, yeah, so I think I've rambled on enough. Patrick, you talk about your, your takes on the match. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right right yeah completely agree also with you on that again that's quite boring when i always
1: <laughs> i agree jack i agree yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah but maybe this is why we're doing the podcast together i Not don't so know <laughs> but i yeah it's also for me like is th- this match felt a little random when they announced this like oh we need to stack up the card a little bit put that match in give people the screen time where where some teams are definitely de- deserve it. I don't doubt that, but it you know it, it lacks sometimes a little bit of you know the the importance to have it there. You know, like of course now uh, Death Triangle have their title shot, but as you saw it before with Santana and Ortiz, who are again in it for a title shot, get, get, getting the title shot, but then MJF and Jericho, and you know like this is uh, it feels sometimes a little random, and I hope they they're gonna make a nice build up. Of course, they have this history with uh, the Lucha Bros. And the Bucks. but uh yeah what i also want to met- mention in in in, uh, in the battle royal the, the notice noticeable things that happened is uh that cutie uh, marshall eliminated the gun club um where also i noticed that i i don't know his name anymore i, I forgot his name like is-, is his name in there from the gun club colton, colton yeah. gun, okay. no colton gun i didn't know Colton Gunn was also there because I never watched Dark <laughs> or so. I I, don't know. I didn't know Colton Gunn was also in there. So it's proper, isn't it? yeah, Billy, there. Billy, Billy the his brother in it. Yeah, Billy Billy his dad family. and Cutie. Yeah. And uh yeah, Cutie Marsh eliminated them both and then Dustin Rhodes looked at me like, "Why did you do that there?" And he was like, "Yeah, why not?" Like, "We need to have a title shot. It's every man for himself." And then they had a little argument and then Cutie Marshall had enough. He just jumped out of the ring and eliminated himself, <laughs> turned around and spat Dustin Rhodes in the face. Actually, I don't know where this came from. I heard that there are some things going on in the background, maybe at dark or anywhere in, in the Nightmare Family thing that he wasn't happy with that, so yeah, that was a nice thing, but also for me, like, ah, I don't know what this is now, maybe also for the other people who are watching the pay-per-view who are not there regularly on dark and another thing that happened, which was quite important also, just these little bits I like that, that uh, Jack Evans came out under the ring, was it under the ring or just came in and it was under the ring. To Yeah. to eliminate Preston Vance, yeah He came out again to to eliminate this time preston vance from the dark order uh also marco stunt was in the match and and eliminated i don't know who it was although he was not part of the match but he eliminated somebody so yeah. (laughs) yeah it was fun you know the whole match was fun as you also said like there are some so many things happening you don't know where the camera is that you're missing out on something or so so it was a lot of action it's just a nice match for in between i would say these these things just nice filler matches mm. to have some action on it and yeah and i also think like the, the mexican standoff that was put very well together in, in the in the word uh, because this reminded me definitely of it and having phoenix and jungle boy there where actually jungle boy was the one with the bigger momentum but then got smartly eliminated by phoenix um yeah they are teasing something big for him, really. Like, I don't know if, if, uh, yeah, it was JR who said it. He said, Yeah, oh, Jungle Boy, when will Jungle Boy become Jungle Man? So, maybe there's something going on. I don't know. So, that's, that's curious what happened. Uh, curious to see what happens there. Uh, yeah, going on, there came a little backstage segment with uh, Dasha Fuentes, who was Dasha Fuentes, that's her name, or Gonzalez. D- or Dasha Gonzalez, Gonzalez yeah. Gonzalez Fuentes was the WWE lady, I I think, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, she was with Paul White in front of the locker room from Paul White. And he said, I'm the only person who knows who. And and me and Tony Khan are the only persons who know that who who the person is that comes (laughs) out later, I'm going to present, who signs a deal, whatever. Super unimportant. Just a filler Same. this was nice to show El Snow he was in the crowd. He's like an important uh, guy still backstage who Hmm teaches a lot of, of, of wrestlers and taught a lot of wrestlers the handcraft so yeah but nothing we need to talk about now let's get to the other match which was the women's championship match between Shida and Rio Mizunami I hope I pronounced that Japanese right <laughs> Um yeah and I like the now we have to talk about the video package before because it was really nice and wrapped up their history together really nicely which I wasn't aware of um, showing that they have like this 10 year feud going on or it started 10 years ago when uh, mizunami told shida that she couldn't beat her anyway anyhow anytime no way that she's gonna beat her anytime and um in 2019 or until 2019 uh, mizunami was almost done with wrestling she said ah she's not gonna wrestle anymore and then she turned up in AEW in 2019. I actually have to admit that I didn't know that she was there in 2019, <laughs> although I saw the show in the match. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and she, she said then uh, she was getting back into it, was uh, yeah, getting falling in love with it again, which is a real nice story. And then she saw, oh, she has the title. Okay, now we have to clash and she has to prove that she can beat me. To be a real champ and this was a nice a nice thing this was also i have to say a very japanese touch on these things with like being the real hero or so uh, but i like that this is also why i watch a lot of anime and so i think um yeah how did you like the match
1: yeah um i i was actually i was looking forward to this match um i think the whole tournament has been has been a success really i mean I know we come here week in, week out, and we have a little moan sometimes when we don't like certain things. We're like we're like a kid, you know, when something doesn't go away, we kick and moan. But at the end of the day, there's nothing really you can do about it. We, we've got no impact on any of the booking, um, and it is what it is. We've got to take it for what it is. Would we have liked to have seen a couple of other people go over, you know, we, we would, let's be honest. We wouldn't like to have seen Nyla Rose get to that Eliminator final, but nonetheless it happened. It's there now. Um, but Rio Mizunami was definitely one that stood out for me throughout the tournament anyway. I thought she was really impressive, sort of like a giant killer, as they called her um, throughout, throughout obviously the tournament, obviously knocking out Awesome Kong, not Awesome Kong, that was from AEW, uh, Azure Kong, um, knocking out Nyla Rose um, to then obviously get to this, uh, beating some, you know, big girls, and um, and yeah, obviously them meeting Shida. Now, AW loves Sheida, Let's be honest. She is obviously, we've had three women's title holders so far. Riho, Nyla Rose, uh, Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida is and is obviously, you know, the longest reigning uh, so far. And every pay-per-view, I always say to Tom, to whoever I'm talking to, this is the one. This is the pay-per-view. Shida's losing it. No matter who it's against, I always seem to think Sheida is going to lose. And that's not because I dislike Sheida and that I don't have faith in her. It's just because her reign's been that long. You you do think, you know, this could be the time to lose it. And as much as it kind of annoys me, it's like, we need a new women's champ. I like it because... With having that feeling that every title fight, you know, she' has got, feeling that this could be the one she loses, it grips you. It gets you that attention. And maybe, you know, sometimes that's a nice way to do it because you think this is the one she's going to lose. And then when it doesn't go that way, you're like, oh, and it is a surprise. Obviously, the result of this match um, being Shida beat Mizunami. Um I think it was a shock to a lot of people. Obviously, you you say your piece when it comes to it. I, I know, you know, a couple of people were shocked. I know I spoke to Liam beforehand. He thought she was going to win. Um, but just to see her, you know, obviously coming through his the Eliminated Tournament, tournament getting to that final, she was having a lot of fun. Both of them were having fun. Um, there was a lot of good energy, you know, coming with good work rate. Lots of funny moments as well. Mizanami's is quite the character in the ring. Um, you know, she made me chuckle a couple of times because it's just so what not you you not what you're used to seeing in the matches. Um, again, good spots, but I'll let you take that that lead. Um, and yeah, Sheena retains. Um, where does it go? Honestly, and this is what I want to pitch to you as well. Where does it go from here? Because each fight Sheena has, obviously she's going to lose at some point. Is it going to... I can't see who's going to win it at this point. Obviously, we fought Britt Baker, but she obviously loses out in the Eliminated Tournament. Other shout Serena D being like a double champ. Um, Thunder Rosa coming up. Uh, you could have maybe Riho being back second, you know, second reign there. Same with Nyla Rose. There's quite... I'll tell you what AEW have, and we've been a big fan of the women's division so far this year. They have done well, and I still stick stand by that. Some of the decisions haven't been what I would go for, but nonetheless they've been good entertaining matches. So where where do you think they go for? If I had to guess, I'd like I I mean, every time I say Britt Baker's gonna be next one to win it, because it looks that way, but then you never know, do you? So But to summarise the match I enjoyed uh, very much so definitely one of my favorites of the night good match very very good representation for the women's in you know in a pay-per-view um and yeah hikara shida she stays our women's champ
0: yeah right again so <laughs> <laughs> i read also some comments online how people were upset about it some even said yeah because she's kenny omega's girlfriend she's keeping is that is that so. official me and tom know. always
1: um ask we
0: never are they actually yeah, i don't know i don't know i don't know really like yeah i don't know i never saw kenny in one of her live streams or any affiliation to that um that's that's a big secret also from kenny's private life is a big secret Mm. also when it comes to this if he's that's the nice thing if he's really gay or if he's really in love with uh, uh uh kota or yeah so i don't really care about this this part like i said um but i like also what you said like the that they're building this up that gives the women's title also a little credibility hmm. to keep it that long you know then it, it makes everything way more suspenseful uh, like you also said the the tournament was great uh, I also thought Britt Baker would make it I didn't thought uh, Mizunami would do it I don't I don't know if they will sign her now because that's the thing where I'm like I ah, will they sign her now like full-time or so because then you need to sign somebody really full-time now and the covid time i don't know that's the same with makito i don't know if she stays now forever and this was just a once in an in the night pop up and she was there so um yeah i also like the match a lot i didn't write down a lot of uh, uh spots or anything because it was just it was like more classical wrestling match you know before was a lot of action and high flying and spots and everything uh, but here it was very classical uh what was interesting is that um shida uh, had to put some effort in it. She had to do two Falcon Arrows and two, uh, not, not even two, like the third one was it in the end, the third a running knee strike, which uh, which brought her the win. Uh, she had to put a lot of effort into it. And what I liked at the end of the match that uh, even uh, Mizunami, Mizunami, they bowed down before it, uh, each other, but Mizunami was even bowing more down, like mm-hmm. almost her head on the ground, or I think maybe on the ground. So this is the, the biggest respect you can give somebody then in Japan. Uh, but while doing that, now coming back to the to the buy-in match again or the the ending maybe of the buy-in match also a bit uh, that nyla rose came out attacked both of them and then mm. uh, also the other ones uh, uh, um, Rebo, uh reba uh, i always mix that up when i want to say rebel i want to say reba is uh, i think she she achieved what she wanted to do with that <laughs> yeah uh, ito and <laughs> and Britt baker came out then to uh, assist nyla rose and then thunder rosa came out to tell them all away and uh, yeah that that was interesting also like i saw like i can say that also i watched the ups and downs from simon miller every time because i just like this guy it's very entertaining Mm. he brought that also already up that might be that there will be like a new faction or so because um, together to to add to that also something nice right
1: yeah to add to that it's um and i don't know whether it's just because when we obviously preview the card for this week's Dynamite, we'll get further into it. But there's a six-man, 6, six man, um, or six-woman, shall I say, match on this week's Dynamite tonight, which is Nyla Rose, Britt Baker and Maki Ito versus Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida and Ryo Mizanami. So obviously all of which were featured then at the end of that match. So whether that's also a little, it was just a little, you know, Segue to get to that match or if there's future but i like the idea of a future faction so let's talk about that a bit more would you yeah would you who would you see in
0: in the women's division
1: no and who would you like to see form a faction
0: Uh, obviously i have to say now that maki ito appeared on BT. i would love her to be in the dark order because her character just fits perfect Mm. in that you know like this there's no doubt um yeah the thing is like i w- would like to see also nyla rose Britt baker also maybe uh, although they're not really fitting together i think uh Britt baker and reba they're, they are a good team mm. but yeah i i have to say i don't know i would say the japanese faction a little more um rio shida that they are together this just makes sense also since these factions are a very traditional thing a very big thing in Japan or in japanese wrestling yeah that that's actually the thing I I can think of now because I, Thunder Rosa joining them would be also nice because her wrestling style also goes in that direction. She wrestles a lot in Japan also. Um, yeah, like out of my head now. Out of uh, out of my head, I can just say these. Mm. Um, I don't see where where Britt Baker and Nyla Rose would fit together to be honest like it was now for on screen it was nice mm. but I don't see where they can fit together because I see you see also Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero and the cringy things they're doing on BTE maybe they're also doing something like on BTE they have this this guy oh. he's also uh,
1: can we just brush
0: over that doing the priest <laughs> yeah please because I'm also like not another uh Dark Order ripoff where they get like after two weeks oh that's actually the same and it's shit you know yeah um yeah, to be honest, like I would, I would only see now the Japanese faction, or maybe some more heels uh, lining up together because yeah, Anna J is out right now, and uh, Makito would fit best to the Dark Order, I think, from her style also because she's crazy. Mm. That's just perfect. You need a crazy person also in a cult, so that's yeah. Well, I know John is a right? massive fan, and you need a leader. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you also need a leader in this cult. So pff, I don't know where this, this will lead up to. Mm.
1: Well, it's it's nice to be able to, you know, speculate and have these sort of ideas. I, for one, would probably prefer to see an all-female faction. I don't. I mean, it's nice, obviously, seeing the females join these, you know, factions we've seen in the men's side, i.e., you know, Anna Jay joining Dark Order. But I do think we just need a badass women's faction. I don't know who would go into it. I, I think it'd be better if it was a heels faction, Myself um, rather than a face faction, but but now I definitely think it's something AEW needs to look at. Um, I can't really say right now who would be the right people um, because I think with a lot of these, because it's so so sometimes the tag matches they have in the women's division are quite random. I think you know it's hard to speculate who goes with who. I think you could see like Anna J and Tay Conti, but Anna J's are in dark order um, and stuff like that. So, but it's nice, it's definitely early stages in sort of thinking about it i know i mentioned it before but i i don't doubt that aw have definitely had the discussion so hopefully something comes from it
0: yeah hopefully also after the really good women's tournament now they they're putting a lot of effort into the women's division i hope they will keep on doing that the next weeks like also the six-man tag which is happening on wednesday uh yeah that's 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 a sign in the right direction i think the people will also be excited who are in the crowd there um But yeah let's see what comes out of this you know like they need to go in in some direction also to give other wrestlers more female wrestlers a more bigger screen time Mm, massively that's also where you can we we
1: need the biggest step they could take for that would be two women's matches in one night on dynamite that's the biggest thing they could do that 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 would be
0: like yeah. yeah that's yeah right for me also like they they need to do that actually they need i think even raw has that or smackdown has that that mm. there are two women's matches at least in one night so although the match time is way shorter in raw or smackdown but they also managed to squeeze that in mm. there somehow and now also with uh aw dark elevation coming in they can take some male talent off dynamite i think and uh, give more women's mm. talent the yeah the stage i think that's important all right coming to the next match um yeah before the match actually the promo or let's say the promo Chucky e. t and uh, orange cassidy wanted to start but then got interrupted by Miro, knocking out oc uh, knocking uh chuck taylor into into the uh, door glass whatever it is there and dragging him out to the ring and uh, taking the mic telling him uh, why did you betray me i could have uh, got you to the moon and back and everything and telling him and and also holding him the mic in the face saying now what do you say what do you say oh, ring the bell that was quite fun you have to say <laughs> because he was beaten down and he still said i want to want to fight you <laughs> um yeah after a while orange cassidy came out surprised us all with the uh, super punch against miro uh, but then the match took its way i have to say that for me there was nothing super special it was it was in in this case more a squash match for miro um the only thing noticeable that was happening in the match was that he pushed uh, orange cassidy willingly into penelope ford who then fell from the ring apron down on the floor and orange Cassidy was also distracted then or he knocked him out i don't remember exactly and then he took taylor in the uh, he calls it game over <laughs> Uh, his uh, what is that camel clutch he does there and won the match so uh, there's nothing much I can say that it was a squash match I did not like it to be honest because I think it's under utilization of Miro and Orange Cassidy that's the match I wanted to see for that night and I was hoping a little bit when they had this backstage thing that he was knocking out OC and Chuck Taylor, maybe that OC gets up again and Chuck Taylor is injured. And then they just say, oh, we're going to make a one-on-one match. But, you know, what did you think of that?
1: Yeah, definitely for me, I'd probably say this now. um, As we get in, I might change my mind. But for me, weakest match on the card um, and in the pay-per-view in general, as... uh, it, to reiterate what you said, it was a squash match to be fair. It was a squash match on a pay for you, which was a shame because they could have just had Mira and O C and had a better, longer match and, you know and it probably would have had the same sort of storyline implications. I think I think there was a lot of in this storyline irrelevant people Maybe they were relevant at one point in the storyline, but then weren't needed. I know Tom mentioned it in the last episode um, with Kip and Penelope not even being involved in a Miro promo. The only way I could see them moving forward with this: is if Miro and Kip Sabian have their fallout soon, because obviously Miro is very much now like I don't need you anymore, Kip. I've kind of got my like I needed you as a way into AEW and a way into like the limelight. He sort of seems to now like not care about either of them i.e you saying he pushed oc into penelope ford he doesn't seem to you know and i think there's got to have some sort of implications where you know he falls out of kip and be like i don't need you because you know he could easily in like a tag match keep tagging himself in or not tagging kip in at all and just making it all about him and then in which case he then goes on you know a singles run and starts you know his work up and maybe then reach kenny at some point but i just think Definitely disappointed in the match in general. Um, but I think, I don't think at all during the storyline we've been too impressed. I think the high point for me was the wedding. Um, and I know in that episode I talked about it was my taking my wrestling wedding virginity. Um, so that's probably the only reason. But it just wasn't needed to be this long. Um, it wasn't needed to have some of the characters that were in it. And overall, yeah, weakest match on the card so i don't think there's too much more to say um we could obviously sit here and speculate about where it goes but i don't think it's even worth guessing because you know this i think Not we really. don't, I, I think just we, hope yeah. the storyline
0: is over now exactly it Took too long it was was a ver- had a very bad start like from like out of nowhere really mm. and yeah
1: yeah it started just off with the gate
0: let everyone else go there like lay their own path and mm. just
1: yeah, it's weird to think it started off with that video game because now I think about it, that was months ago That and that's literally the essence and what started this feud. It's so weird. So, so yeah, so hopefully that's in the past. Again, I'd like to see now, though, Miro and Kip fall out. Miro get a singles run um, and push because he really is, and it's a shame because he's been tied with Kip that they haven't been able to show it so much, but he really is one of the standout stars in AEW and deserves to shine. He does.
0: Yeah. Definitely, uh, you saw that also now in the match. How good he is, mm. how hard hitting he also is, like how he looks. And I'm, I'm really hoping, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it will happen that he shows up in NJPW also. When the pandemic is over a bit, everything is a little more relaxed or so and they can travel easier between yeah. the countries. I'm pretty sure he will show up there. I didn't think about that. With his style he's made. Ah. I'm I'm really thinking, just waiting <laughs> for it. Just just imagine him against uh, uh, Minoru Minoro Suzuki or so. Like two crazy motherfuckers. Dream really, match, that's,
1: dream that's they could tell
0: really what I want to see. Yeah.
1: They could have a real hardcore match, couldn't they? But that's the thing, I don't think I think yeah, about right. him him coming in the ties that you know AEW has now they definitely I and mean, i think we'll see it more when the pandemic's over the crossover of stars going over there their stars coming over here i think we'll see a lot more of it and yeah miro in new japan maybe even he could turn up i know it's a long way away um but wrestle kingdom next year and have a match there or something or i oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah i love that, that patrick i love awesome. it
0: really <laughs> yeah right <laughs> all right so going on next was the next uh, segment Marves was backstage with uh, the inner circle and was talking or asking like really stupidly, to be honest, like, <laughs> why did you lose? Why did you <laughs> did you fail? And then of course, Chris Jericho was upset who wouldn't be upset. Even, even as a face, you would be upset being a, such a stupid question. Um, but one person wasn't upset and that was MJF. He was just disappointed standing there and they announced that they'll have, uh, what did they say? A war council on Wednesday yeah. on Dynamite to talk about further actions within the inner circle so where they are standing now so just going back to the match they had before that uh, Jericho knocked out um, Wardlow maybe they're kicking, MJ, uh, uh, kicking Jericho out I don't know what happens there I'm really really curious to see what happens on Wednesday might be the time or something else might happen Sammy Guevara is also not on the air right now. It's interesting to see what, what will happen there on, on Wednesday, because you could clearly see that uh, MJF was mad at Jericho and you could clearly see that the people standing in the back were just disappointed.
1: Mm, massively. Yeah. yeah. I think
0: um, this is, yeah,
1: this is definitely the next stage in the storyline. I know Tom's a massive fan of it. I know I've been as well. This in a circle storyline. Um, I, I thought, And I do agree this is the right time to do this. I originally thought this match that Jericho would get injured and have to take time out for a bit. And that's when MJF stems in. So, obviously, um, Chris Jericho's not injured. He was fine. Um, And they're obviously having this war council now on Wednesday. And I think, I don't know, it could get heated. I wouldn't say right now Jericho's leaving the MJF. um, uh, Sorry, Chris Jericho's leaving the inner circle like straight away on Wednesday. But it's definitely going to be like... The next piece of the puzzle, putting together for MJS takeover. In my opinion, if he if he does go that way, we're we're assuming MJS going to take over the encircle. He might not. I think. Yeah, right. He, it's yeah. just an
0: assumption. You never know how fast or or uh, how slow this will mm. develop. I hope it, it it develops faster than slower than other storylines, but maybe just just when day will be like maybe the final nail in the coffin and then something happens in the week after or at a special mm. event they will be holding in a month or so i don't know
1: i'd like to see eventually because there's seven members of the inner circle i mean if you count out ward looks he doesn't wrestle too much i mean you could count him in but i'm just trying to think of a way because obviously sammy out but sammy's not going to be out forever he will come back as a face um at some point again we're just assuming he'll be coming back his face might not i think he'll eventually come back for jericho when Jericho gets casted out. But I'd like to see some sort of, you know, the now faces of the inner circle or, you know, the good guys as such, Jericho, Sammy, and um, if they kick someone else out, say Hager. Could be Hager to be fair. And then you've got um then you've got MJF, Wardlow, and Santana Ortiz left on the other side and then have some sort of, you know, maybe even a tag match where you've got the Sex Gods reunion um versus MJF and maybe Wardlow. And then, um, yeah, just have some sort of um, what do they call it in Marvel um, Civil War, uh, Inner Circle Civil War yeah, Civil sort War, of thing yeah. would be great. Um, but again, at this point, because obviously this is the we're reviewing the pay per view. You you like having these ideas of where it's going. It's definitely what my favorite part of wrestling is—just trying to guess where it goes and having all these sort of fantasy storylines and stuff. But um, but now nah, it's definitely the tensions are rising as they have been for months now in the inner circle weeks and um yeah interesting to see what happens on dynamite this week
0: yeah right really interesting how this will develop also what was interesting was the quick development of uh, the hangman versus matt hardy storyline like out of nowhere they put this up within a few weeks now they're having this match where the winner uh, receives the uh, first quarter earnings of uh, the opponent he defeats and uh yeah what did you think of the match what did you make out of it
1: yeah um so firstly the implications the first quarter i think part of me thinks it's a bit silly they wanted to have this match and they wanted to have some sort of like reason to have the match um but it fits um matt hardy's character done it big money matt it's got to be money related i get it um in terms of the match i thought it was uh, i enjoyed it um not the not the most memorable match of the night. Again, another sort of weak one in the card. I think you could kind of pick out which ones were going to be the weak ones before the pay per view. It's definitely one where you know you knew Hangman was going to win. Actually, in saying that, I did predict uh, alter alternate ending where you know if Matt Hardy wins, then you know he's under maybe he's uh, Hangman's under Matt Hardy's kind of eye or lead or whatever, and then Dark Order comes to save. But nonetheless. Hangman won, which is the right result because he's getting a good push now. Um, ever since he lost the tag titles, actually, sorry, scrap that. Ever since he lost the match against Kenny for um, the title shot, he's been, he, he reached the low and now he's back on his rise and he, he's winning and winning Yeah, and but, but also up.
0: losing the tag titles was also low for him. Yeah, massive. That it was, was also just, low. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. It, it was definitely built building up for him. And he obviously hit the low, lowest of lows after he lost that title match. And he's found friends in the Dark Order, as we talk about quite often in the show. Um, and it's so nice to see when he won the match, they all come out, they give him a beer, they all have a hug. And I got a bit, not well, I didn't get emotional or such, but um, not actually emotional. But it got me in the feels when I'm um, on BTE this week. They did a little montage of Revolution. And they had some nice music in the background, and they showed a clip of uh, Dark Order and Hangman hugging, and you're just like, the fit is right. It's time get into joint. They they need to have some sort of you know, Brody Brody, you know, the passing away. It hit everyone hard, um, and they're definitely you know, the Dark Order members, it's hit hard. Um, I think now it's a good time, you know, to to maybe, you know, have a new leader. I know you talked about it last week where you said Evil Uno should be like the temporary leader, but they've they've not done that so far. They've just kind of got no leader. And I think Hangman's gonna hopefully take that place. He deserves it. They love him there. Um but they also I don't know whether he would fit as a leader. He would to us as fans because, you know, he's kinda the big star leader in this faction. But again he's he's more of a friend to them. Brody Brody was that kinda that authoritative figure where he was like, you know, they were all messing about and then he'd come in and he'd all be quiet and you know, try and kiss his ass. But Hangman, it's more like he's he's like a brother now to them, you know what I mean? It's like have a beer with Hangman, they love him. It's like it's just it's it's funny when you look at the storyline. I'd love to see it in like video from when Hangman first started to get involved with the Dark Order to now because it has been a journey. Loved it on BTE, especially the um the episode where they, where they couldn't get hangman. So they, or they were arguing, basically there's something about hangman, but they all started going, fuck hangman, fuck hangman, then comes in and joins in himself, doesn't he? And it's just because he's that low in confidence and in himself. So it's that (laughs) stuff like that. So it's a, it's a lovely story. And to be honest, I don't think this match was even about um, Matt Hardy too much. I know it was obviously with the implications, but I think again, it's more to develop the storyline of hangman as a character his personal growth how he's getting more confidence back and eventually fingers crossed um we get a kenny hangman reunion hangman gets that belt because he's just you know he's just a star we he has been since day one of this company he's been one of the best things about it and he needs that belt around him pat he needs that belt around him
0: yeah definitely he was also actually the first phase of uh of aw with they pushed a lot but mm. he didn't get over with the fence in the beginning they didn't get the character maybe uh, yeah, yeah yeah they, they didn't get it because he yeah he didn't have this character when coming over from njpw and ring of honor where he was just like say the fourth wheel
1: mm.
0: or the fifth wheel no they were four like fifth wheel yeah the Bucks, kenny cody that was the big thing and hangman was always a little in the back but mm. still i liked his matches and liked him a lot his match at, at all in uh against joey janela that was just crazy and uh I loved his matches also an NJPW always. So I was I was happy that they pushed him, and then sad that he didn't click with the audience or didn't connect. But now they did go the wrong either the right way, all the way along from back then. It's almost like one and a half years they're doing this now. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing what I want to see long term storybooking, not like the company in Stamford does changing everything every week. Uh, I want to be <laughs> emotionally invested in it. And like you said, also this, this match was just a, another piece in the puzzle for uh, the hangman dark order bit. They're building up there. Um, what was very important to mention is that when when uh, 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 when private party came out, they distracted, then directly the dark order came after um, Matt Hardy was able to hit hangman who was standing on the apron wanted to do, do the buckshot lariat. He hit him with an elbow, he fell back from the apron, the whole dark order was standing there lifting him up. So he was just lifting a Oh, where am I? Yeah, buckshot lariat boom, win. Amazing. That was there was just really cool how they did it. Yeah, that that was actually the only notice noticeable thing <laughs> happening in the match it was a good match but nothing too crazy or too big it was just really an average good match also good pay-per-view match Mm. Uh, and it was way more important what happened with the dark order and afterwards like drinking a beer with them together so (laughs) it was just fine story building match really looking forward to where is it going and yeah will this be the year of the hangman because i noticed he didn't lose any matches this year um and will the year end with hangman Beating Kenny. oh don't this, that, that's such a thing I'm looking out for. Imagine, imagine yeah. if it was exactly but if a they year do that from
1: from that yeah, winter is coming.
0: Because he lost, yeah, it, yeah, no, he actually he did lose at full gear. He lost his match against Kenny, the final mm. for the uh, for the world oh, title yeah. thing. If he wins the title at the at at full gear this year, oh. great story. One year it took him to come back with everything maybe with the help of the dark order or maybe just having the dark order ringside holding off the good brothers don Callis, whoever's in kenny's corner then yeah
1: oh Um, patrick yeah that would be great but it's
0: just forecasting just forecasting,
1: (laughs) just (laughs) Just uh it's nice to be able to do it
0: yeah right uh, yeah, the next match was also forecast to what might be happening in the future with the TNT title it was the face of the revolution ladder match, or how I call it, the Green Hill Zone match. Maybe you get the reference or not. Not this quite. Not quite. a real insider quite. because the Green Hill Zone, Green Hill Zone is the first level of Sonic because ah yes above yes the ring. yes yeah that was. It looked so much like a ring from Sonic. Oh my God, I couldn't think it of did, anything else. I was actually I was watching it with you. Shout outs to you. We we were speculating how they did. They did. They just get like a like this this first edge rescue ring you're throwing out when you're on sea and want to help uh, save somebody. Spray that in 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 golden or the this 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 ring you get after winning. I don't know Formula One race. I oh, know nowadays they don't have that anymore. But you know these horse races and old mm. uh, uh, car races where they have this ring. Uh, around their neck, this golden ring instead of a medal or a trophy. So yeah, it's just I was distracted from that to be <laughs> honest, because it looked like a shiny ring from from Sonic. So really, but I can it could see that they maybe did that also on purpose. Um, yeah, we had the surprise entrant, the real one, first one actually for the night, which they really also announced that it's a surprise entrant, and it's old ego Ethan Page. I was happy to see him. I don't know yeah. how it is with you. I don't have that much connections. I know his name. I saw a little bit of him. He came from Impact after uh, his contract ran out at the end of 2020 and didn't extend it. And we got to know, he signed a multi-year deal with uh, AEW, um, yeah, and that he was involved in the match. The match for me was then, uh, it was quite messy, I have to say. There was a lot, a lot of things happening, a lot of spots which were uh, duplicated, like a lot. I think everyone was hit on the ladder and was 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 hit with a ladder, was thrown on a ladder, whatever. Uh, the thing that stood out is that Cody he came in with these. Uh, I don't know how the, these these uh, tapes. How do you call them? Not acne <laughs> tapes. They have such a name in the direction. No, these uh, chemo tapes. No, also not chemo. That's something even worse. No, but he got this, this tapes <laughs> on him. The, the tapes which, on the back. You uh, mean, implemented. Yeah. That's something yeah, right. yeah. On, on his shoulder to be, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. precise because they were on his shoulder and then uh pentagon showed a quite crazy move like i wrote down maybe it is called a mexican destroyer then onto a ladder <laughs> with him and then he landed on the shoulder which i think it was just a cell and had to be uh, had to get uh, medical treatment on the stage uh, he was from there was just standing there always peeking out kind of go back into the match not not so then he had this big comeback moment where our friend connor maybe didn't like <laughs> that because they put so much emphasis on cody's present in the match presence in the match um yeah that's also what i see i didn't like that also so much that there was so much focus on cody because he's the big star. There, what i more liked and i was hoping for more to see or also seeing him to win was lance archer he is just a killer i just love him really i like they started right, like, what was it? I think a year ago when he debuted uh, he debuted in, in in the pandemic time, in that uh, tournament they had for the TNT mm. title. And I think now it's also time to give him something. He was so good, really. I, I loved seeing him there. He's so brutal and just dangerous. And uh, he could have killed everyone, but these guys, especially Pentagon, were standing way too much around. Pentagon was also taunting way too much in the ring instead of climbing up the ladder. And in the end, the lucky guy was Scorpio Sky. I'm also happy for him, I have to say, like for for just sympathy reasons because he's a good athlete. But I don't have like a big connection to him, storyline wise or so. I think he's also someone they they trying to push to the moon now as the next star. But they should be watching out that not the same happens as with Hangman, where it doesn't work out and the people are not invested in because that's everything what's it's what it's about in resting. So. What did you make out of the match? Did you also not like it as much as I did?
1: No. Um, so I'll start off with the the surprise um, being Ethan Page. I am um, fairly new to Ethan Page. I only started watching Impact and his stuff um, when it announced, you know, when Kenny won the title in December. So only a couple of months. And the only thing I saw of him really was the build up to... Um, well what was the trying to think was it hard to kill where Kenny had his title match and there was an Ethan it was an Ethan Page match yeah, yeah. against um, himself and he killed himself and that's how he obviously got written off from um, Impact so that's what I thought So yeah, surprised, right.
0: super <laughs> stupid
1: <laughs> so surprised he's here in AEW if he's actually dead Mental, um, but no, in terms of you know, it was nice to see him. The
0: Undertaker, (laughs) (laughs)
1: it'll be nice, it'll be nice to see him. I'm I'm worried, you know, that he's not as big a star to get a push. I'm I'm worried he'll just be a dark, um, a dark resident. Um, you know, but he's got a match this Wednesday again. We'll preview that in the card uh, for Dynamite this week. So, you know, it was nice to see him. I didn't when he came in, I didn't think he'd win. Um, because of the stars you got in there i didn't think him or max caster was going to win it was obviously between the main four really um the yeah the main four to go through scorpio sky this is what i mainly want to talk about um i like scorpio sky he's he's a good he's a good wrestler he's a good athlete he am i the only one doesn't think he's got much personality he's not got too much like And I can see why you don't have much kind of connection to him or care about him too much because I don't... He's not... Apart from winning the tag titles, he's never really had a major storyline, something, you know, that you're rooting for him. He's just kind of been there every now and then. Um, I'm hoping, you know... Do I think he'll beat Derby? Probably not um, for the title. But it'd be nice to maybe then see a feud. Like, I I could see a heel side in him coming. Could see that from... um, His commentary uh, debut when it was the Max Caster and Preston Vance match last week on Dynamite. I think there's a heel side to him coming. And also, he
0: was heel before with SCU. Yeah. This is where they they made SCU big with when being heels, like having their catchphrase, this is the worst town I've ever been Mm. in. They can be heels and they can be very good heels. So,
1: yeah. I think, I think, I do think a lot of fans, especially casual fans that aren't, you know, um, I don't think they connect with Scorpio Sky too much and I think they need to change that because he's got a lot to give and he's got a lot of good wrestling um, skills to him and I think if they can't fix his um, storyline kind of side and give him, you know, something for the fans to kind of care about, they they, they might, you know, struggle to use him and he, you know, he's it's like another, they've got that's why they need the second show because they've got a lot of stars like Scorpio Sky who are good but don't get the airtime and don't get the you know the chance to have a storyline. Another one I'm thinking um, majorly was Sean Spears when he came back in Dynamite. Obviously, Sean Spears got written out, got taken off the roster on the website and obviously is back now. But he's another one that's too good to just let it rot. He deserves a storyline. He deserves some sort of thing going forward. There's got so many. They need this second show. Um, and yeah, scorpio sky is another one so fingers crossed for him um yeah that he gets something from you know this year 2021 some sort of you know brute people rooting for him some sort of storyline something to get him you know the attention he deserves in terms of the rest of the match um it was a, i'm going to be honest patrick it was a bit of a nothing match for me um it had quite a lot of potential there was some you yeah, know right. lance archer in it yeah. Penter in it cody in it um I'm missing someone. Who was the fourth? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, Scorpio Mexican Sky. Too. Yeah, that was it. Um, so, yeah. But, so, but it had um, Lance Archer, Cody and in, who were the main kind of attractions to it for me, as well as Scorpio Sky. And, um, yeah, I'm surprised they went down the route of Scorpio Sky. Maybe because they think the other ones have the... Um, Already have a big presence in AW and Dynamite where they don't need this shot as much because they can have that push by getting their win record up. Anyway, like Lance Archer's is already big enough to you know, even if he had won this match, even if he hadn't, he would already get a push at some point again for another title shot. Same with Cody. Um, so I think they I think they did the right thing by choosing someone who wouldn't necessarily get such an easy push. Um, but nonetheless, they had some good options there, and I think I think it was too. I think having a match like that and having a Battle Royal, even though they're quite different matches, they're similar in the way to where it's a lot of people in a ring, a lot to keep an eye on, a lot going on. And I think, you know, it just it didn't grab me as I thought it would. And I do like ladder matches, but nonetheless, you know, it was there. It was a nice match for what it was. And yes, yeah, Scorpio Sky, the winner, and now going to have a title shot against Derby. So look forward to that match.
0: Yeah, right. And also there was like in the Tech Team Battle Royal, no emotional investment into mm. the build-up to this. They just announced it two weeks before or three weeks, and then they really announced it only with a little graphic on the side. Mm. And like I said, no no real build-up. The end, that's what I said before, you need this emotional connection, these storylines Massively. to get you invested in that. And you see from a match which has potential, which is like actually money in the bank, when you read these wrestlers competing in that match, But with no storyline or anything behind it, it's just half as cool. So this match also didn't click that much for me. And also this is why Scorpio Sky didn't click so much. Mm. So, but now we're getting to, I would say to the main events because both were main events for me. Yeah. Yeah. But no, oh sorry, not before. Oh sorry, oh I almost missed. It's a small bit on top of my notes, which I almost missed. Was well, the big announcement, the big new signee for? Uh, oh, we almost missed it. No?
1: <laughs> imagine. Yeah. Oh, imagine, imagine doing imagine, a whole review imagine, of Revolution oh and missing out on the one of the main bits of the whole pay per view. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> right, Tom would and be then so We have to edit then. it afterwards, like.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> no and also like it's it's i think the internet uh, uh marx would be happy like yeah that was a big disappointment like mm. yeah you should forget about him no but really like i don't know how much you know him but uh the new signee is christian cage i was very happy i was i w- we were also not having him on our cards to be honest <laughs> when we were talking about this in the preview um it was also nice that he came out to his uh, tna theme um he is of course not that big of a deal um compared to how they hyped this announcement you have to say because it it was quite a big hype around it so i don't like that they hyped it that much uh, they could have done it just normally in the show because uh, of course they want to sell pay-per-views um but i think like after revealing uh, sting at the last pay-per-view at full gear they have some some kind of of aura now around it that something could happen In that pay-per-view so you directly are just just to be sure I'm gonna buy the pay-per-view if something happens in there so I don't like the the hype too much Um, also which is unfair because Christian is a really really good wrestler he was underutilized in WWE long a lot except in his Tyler it's his his, uh, tag team run with edge together but his best time was out of WWE at TNA as the NWA champion back then really great run really nice awesome matches back then aj styles was there sting was there during that time some more joe um yeah i'm super happy to see him also what he will bring to the backstage area like to everything backstage to tell the young people there are so many young people there which can learn from him and uh, yeah that's what i'm really looking forward to and also his match against brian cage when christian cage Wrestles against brian cage and somebody also wrote and special referees nicholas cage so that would be really good but this won't happen yeah how did you receive that how also how familiar are you with christian cage in general
1: um before i quickly touch that i also saw a similar thing where it's like um christian cage and brian page versus hangman page and ethan page with nicholas cage as just to add the pages and cages all together um uh, to make it even more <laughs> but um but but no um I, I was happy with the sign in. I think it was it was AW's version of clickbait. Uh, oh we got a mess of signing. Oh, it's Hall of Fame worthy. I don't think they ever said anything that was factually inaccurate. I just think people got too excited by the fact of Paul White saying Hall of Fame worthy um, and a little bit of hype that they their minds went racing and they were like, Oh my god, it could be this person. Like I think I even heard someone say the rock at one point. I was like, Come on, like this would be you know, very <laughs> cool but you know i think i think sometimes, we also
0: threw them name in the ring yeah
1: i think sometimes you just um you, your mind wanders done it and you you start getting a bit you know ahead of like they're still a new company there's still a lot of people that don't want to take the risk of signing in case you know something happens which i know they've had such a successful year aw but you know they are still a new company so they might not want to commit yet until they know um i think a lot of reason why people didn't think Christian Cage was going to be the one was because obviously he appeared at the Royal Rumble um, and had that moment of
0: edge so sorry but that's so crazy right mm. that WWE didn't sign him he was really good in the Rumble and the people were really responding super positively to it to seeing them back together in the ring and they're signing especially older guys like Goldberg or mm. uh what else are they signing? Brock Lesnar, yeah, right. Like these although Brock Lesnar can be still good when he's booked, right? But you know, having these old guys and then you have Edge and Christian who both are in a very good physical shape mm. and they're not doing anything of it.
1: No, they've missed out massively. Um and it is a shame, but you know, it's all the better for AEW getting him. I mean it's a good it's a good push and a good actually, sorry, scrap that. It's a good pull. Um, for them to be able to get him so looking forward to seeing what he brings i agree with you he's got a lot to give he's got a lot to kind of share a lot of knowledge a lot of experience um and yeah was it as good as it could be possibly not um i think people are a bit you know annoying upset right now because of all the people i had like imagined but you know aw still in the position of signing people who's to say aw won't sign cm punk in the future or The Rock, as some people say, or like all these people that people want AEW to sign. Who's to say they won't? This was just one small snippet in AEW's history, even so far, and will still be a small snippet in their history if they go on for as long as obviously we all want them to. So for at the time, I think if you you took it, you know, if you didn't have the hype and you knew... Uh, a revolution a w gonna sign christian cage you take it when you i would i think it's great um so yeah so i'm personally happy i'm not too familiar i know um when we first started this podcast when i did my little introduction aw is kind of the first like fully committed wrestling i've ever watched new japan i did a little bit um and wwe i like dabbled um so i I knew the name i have seen some of his matches before um obviously seen him in his tag matches with edge and know that whole thing but in terms of like everything else like his tna background i'm not too familiar with um so yeah so i'm happy as a relatively new wrestling fan to just kind of explore christian cage you know see him with some of the wrestlers that i'm loving at the moment in aew and just see these sort of again dream matches that you want to see someone like him have with our stars over here
0: yeah right well, I'm also really looking forward to these, to these matches that have like, all the potential in the world, you know. And also, he is definitely a candidate for me if I want to see him wrestle like for for a full match, not like in the Royal Rumble. Mm. Uh, if he's maybe one day even a title candidate for the AEW title, mm. TNT title, because he can carry it. He can talk. He can walk the walk. Also, like the Americans like to say, <laughs> talk the talk, walk the walk. But uh, yeah. That's that's a big future uh, coming in when you have these. Uh, I I wouldn't say he's a superstar, but when you have these uh, really uh, fundamental important wrestlers mm. in the company, also Big Show. It was a big signing, but Big Show is not that super superstar. Sting is more was more, but these people are so important backstage. They have so mm. much knowledge. They seem to be very nice people to um, add to the really good backstage. Uh, a, a feeling they already have there where they are learning a lot and having a lot of yeah. fun. Um, yeah, that's Long something which is continue. important for the. Yeah, right. All right, and now the thing I wanted to do now, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do first, and almost skipped the big reveal, is the final conclusion. Hopefully. The final conclusion <laughs> of the Team Taz versus Sting and Darby Allen <laughs> storyline, and actually a match I was looking forward to. Although I shit it, or we shit it so much on their weekly segments, which were really shitty anyway. But uh, this match I was really looking forward to. Also, uh, they didn't say it directly, but it was a cinematic, a cinematic match. Mm. Is what everyone was clear about. Um, yeah, just going quickly into it to to give the setting. It is a street fight um the match or the the segment more started or the film started i would rather say film because it was filmed very good like as a as a film fan i am the mm. cinematography was great again what i like what there was a little discussion also uh, in the internet about uh is like it had always a soundtrack in the back a little music playing in the back or so, so it just made it more like a film than than a resting match itself although they started Darby was driving down the street in the black and white on a black and white screen with a skateboard driving around the corner and then skipping to the back of the truck which uh, Sting was driving was dragging him to the warehouse looks like the same warehouse where they shot the the promo where were the both both called themselves hoodlums?
1: <laughs> um, oh, quickly before you go on, did you did you hear um yeah. Excalibur when they started coming out in the warehouse to the actual ring when he said Darby Allen? Um, was it um, escorted by his hoodlums or something? All the guys that came out with him. Yeah, yeah. Had the hoodlums, that's what they <laughs> called him. <laughs> <them.
0: laughs> right. This is what I wanted to say. They, they were accompanied by hoodlums to the ring with a <laughs> sting mask. So the entrance was cre- pretty nice. There was a ring in one part of this warehouse where they started the match in, um, which I find always funny. You know, you have these matches where it's clearly everything outside of mm. the match. Also, the stadium stampede match, they had a shitload of of opportunities to go sorry to go a shitload like space in there <laughs> and they're having a ring in the middle of the football field no one cares about that little <laughs> thing and they still had it in there and they also had this in the warehouse where like no one cares about the ring but it was a nice start because it looked really also uh you will like it It looked a little bit lucha underground style like yeah it i think it was nicely nicely shot also from how they presented it uh, that that test was on commentary that was also pretty cool um, yeah, but of course, like I said, why they're putting in the ring there, everything got out of hand within a blink of an eye, I would say, and they were not in the ring anymore. Um, yeah, and then Sting was very, very, uh, using his, his, his bat a lot, uh, which I liked. Uh, finally, you can see a baseball bat used, like, really, okay, in the next match there are also baseball bats used, but I liked that this thing, he always, he always took that out every week, you're like, ah, oh, he's just a baseball bat now, you know, and now he, directly did something with it, he hit a lot of people. Um, Everything like the whole brawl got up into the next uh, story, the next level of the building. where I think they were both—they were first a little bit separated, Darby and and uh, Sting, and then the new Dream Team, hobson Hook, <laughs> came in <laughs> and attacked Darby really bad. I think it was just stupid to put uh, Hobbs into a into a mask. He mm. was like having this 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 it was burglar mask on there. Like uh, then uh, Cage and him attacked also Sting, uh, put him out of order for a while. Let's say it like this with a big barrel, uh, threw Darby Ellen into a glass window which was leaning against the wall which was proper glass i think that hurt it a lot (laughs) um and then (laughs) uh, and then the whole brawl uh since darby was knocked out got down downstairs again on the first on the underground level and uh sting was there like a little pushed into the into the corner by the team test members and uh, Dabi threw the baseball bat down to him because he threw it up first and now he throws it down to him. He can attack everyone, beat up everyone. He beat up Ryan Cage, took out a shovel, hit his head. I don't think he wanted to hit his head, but he hit his head on the side a little bit. So that was that was quite funny. (laughs) And then put him on and now this is hard for me to describe. So I would just say put him on a wood plate on two metal uh, guardrails. So he was laying there and below him was a little uh, deeper gap and uh, Darby Allen, he decided to jump like from 50 meters high just through him. Just normally what what Darby does uh, with an elbow drop. And of course, both of them were knocked out. Hook was uh, knocked out before and Hobbs also. And the whole brawl got back into the ring where Sting could finish the match. After a little bit with Ricky Starks with uh, a Scorpion Death Drop, which I love as a finisher. And yeah, that was just a quick talk through. And uh, how did you like the match now? And do you think there will be more coming after the match?
1: <laughs> um, can I just say that was and a really good cute. play by play by you, Patrick. I really enjoyed that. Um, I Thank think you. you. So I don't need to talk about really much in the match, except I loved it. And for someone that's been probably the biggest critic of this storyline, as every week I seem to have something bad to say about it, I loved it, arguably one of my favourite matches of the night, if not the match, one of the matches. Well, it's hard to say. Um, But definitely a match of the night contender. I mean, it was... And I think it's so nice, like, having these cinematic matches because you can make the perfect length because you can edit them over and over and, you know, is this too boring? Is this, you know, have we got enough? And I think it was perfect. I think, you know, both, like, teams got to look, you know, good. Um, and I think the, the right team won. I thought Darby is just Darby is just insane. I'd love to, you know, talk to him one day if there's any a chance and just be like, Why do you do the things you do? Like you're gonna live like <laughs> 10, 20 years left. He's
0: maybe like me, he watched too much Jackass and yeah, CKY literally. when he was a when he was a teenager, maybe.
1: Massively. Like he's gonna at least knock ten years off his like life because of the stuff he does. But you know, for our entertainment. Go for it, Derby. Um, that sounds horrible to say. I mean, if he wants to do it, it's his choice. Um, so we can still enjoy it. Um, but no, really, really strong match. Arguably a great match. Um, and yeah, the, what's going to happen after? Well, we hope that it's the end. But knowing these two, anything can happen. We'll have like a different type of match next, won't we? We'll have like a Hell in a Cell match between them, I don't know. Um, but no, no, overall, overall. Or <laughs>
0: they, they get the... Um... The, the blood and guts yeah. match
1: one day. Yeah, yeah.
0: But they, for this, the groups are just too small. So. Yeah,
1: true. They'd have to bulk them out. But but no, um, great match. Storyline overall is okay because of how it's ended. Yeah, I just hope AW do the right thing. We'll see on Dynamite this week whether we get an appearance from any of them. Um, that will tell us um, how that's going. I mean, Derby's got his title match with Scorpio Sky, so... We might see, you know, if there's an appearance there. If not, then we should be all clear, guys. We should, hopefully, that be the last teen Team Taz with Derby. Um, and, yeah, so, love it. Love it, love it, love it. And I'm excited to see where they go next. Hopefully, Derby focuses more on the TNT title now. Um, and I'm excited to see what Sting does.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. But before I go a little further more into my uh, points on the matches just a little banter just imagine that the feud is over everyone's like oh that's so nice but now look at dynamite's match card christian cage addresses the audience it's what they announce for and <laughs> i hope when he does that there's no team <laughs> tests popping Um. up again at the uh, on the screen hey christian do you remember me back then when i was a smackdown commentator (laughs) i don't know please (laughs) no no. but just now away with the banter completely agree with you this match was really 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 awesome like all this i I, like I, i wouldn't say match it was a film fighting scene fighting sequence whatever also, when you compare it to other big like action films, also where you have these scenes, it was way better shot than than these scenes because oh, yeah. uh, the action was way better. Like you could see more action. There was there were less cuts, and so I loved also in the beginning. There was a super long camera ride right, uh, drive from from uh, from the ring all the way over this this long gap. Where they later uh, fly in, or Darby Allen flies yeah, onto that was Cage into, onto the other side. That was so cool. They had so nice trans- uh, transitions uh, in this in this film. Um, yeah, I loved it a lot. It was it was worth the end. What I also can take out of it is like I looked it up. Sting is not as old. Oh, it's it's no. The Undertaker is not as old as Sting. Undertaker is six years younger than oh, man. than Sting, and Sting looked more like he was twenty years younger than the Undertaker in the ring. Yeah. So, I'm really curious if he will be not in a cinematic match and in a real match in the ring one day again because he looked really, really good. I don't mm. know. Of course, I cannot say you cannot see how often they had to stop or so, just <laughs> let him breathe a little <laughs> bit or so, or these segments where, where he wasn't in or where he was there if he needed to relax and and breathe or so. But it was really good by Sting, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, he's not like i would just go back to the goldberg undertaker match which was horrible in Mm. uh where was that in in saudi arabia so that's completely completely a different league we're talking about here so that was a good signing for on screen now like it 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 was like it started really low with the uh with the feud and it got low ground because it was so (laughs) shitty and then the last two weeks it skyrocketed for me and ended in such a good match so they were just killing time in between yeah that was uh, yeah not that cool but we had a nice outcome of it so it was worth the waiting What also was worth the waiting, I think, and I was super excited for this, uh, to see that ever, like really again, like on a bigger stage, is the, how I called it the last week's exploding bitches barbed wire deathmatch, but (laughs) just the exploding barbed wire (laughs) deathmatch for the AW championship, also here to set, uh, uh, to give you the setting or the rules, also because there were some settings which were different because you think, ah, everything is surrounded by this crazy barbed wire explosive things. No, one side of the ring was open, was normal. And uh, Kenny Omega t- uh, communicated that on Twitter before because he uh, posted a nice drawing of the whole setup and people were asking why there are just three sides and not four. He just said, it's for the security. If something happens that someone can get in and out quickly and that not everything is surrounded and that they don't have to be like uh, the sunny guy, mm-hmm. like the the medic guy on a battlefield who has to go through the mines and everything. People <laughs> know <no. laughs> they just want to be in and out quick if something happens. Um, what was also funny is that Brian Ramsburg, the referee was completely wrapped in that <laughs> uh, suit and the mask from a bomb defuser guy from the police. So this put a little more um, highlight on, on how dangerous it is it looks also a little ridiculous but on the other hand of course it later and then just this happened and like i don't know if you recall that when kenny needed some water for his eyes mm. he got some gunpowder in his eyes so this can happen there's an explosion there can oh, yeah. be gunpowder of course of course there can be also like fire or or uh, how do you call these things that come out i don't know the english word for it actually right now there's sparks The sparks can hit you in the eye or so and the referee is the one who is important for the communication also with the gorilla position backstage and if some medical treatment needs to Mm. be uh, done there and somebody needs to come to the ring so i think that's quite important so nothing i would really brag about and i cannot see when people making fun of that online because this was quite important still because we are not in the 80s where you're just doing this crazy stuff until somebody dies you're like oh we should have done that maybe different no we know now better that we need to Uh, keep the rest of safe although this is super crazy this match so Mm. (laughs) and one very important uh, rule they said they have this extra bomb under the ring which explodes after 30 minutes if the match is not finished uh by then (laughs) the whole whole ring will be blown up no matter what (laughs) so yeah um and also during the match uh don callis uh put a lot of emphasis on that also I think like he said it so many times and he also put the emphasis on that he and Kenny built that structure not John Moxley it was him and Kenny who put that all together put that in there um, which is very important for what happens after the match we need to talk about uh, yeah maybe your thoughts on the match but just please up until the top where the match ended and then we can talk about the other stuff afterwards <laughs>
1: yeah I'm, I'm glad you said that so let's let's do this um, yeah This was my most anticipated match of the card. I think it was everyone's. I've never even heard of this type of match, let alone seen one before they announced (laughs) it. I'm now fully knowledgeable about these type of matches. It's definitely my kind of dream match. I love my hardcore matches. And yeah, this was definitely one of them. These two, I'm so emotionally invested in them. Like Moxley, I'm... I'm so like sad that he's not champ anymore. Cause when I see him walk out, like he just, he's just is the AW champ. He for me is the AW unofficial champ. Now, if he never gets the title again, he will always be the champ. <laughs> me Because I love that man. He's walking out. And, and I think this is more emphasis when he was walking out than when Kenny, because obviously he came out first, he comes out as usual through the crowd. The crowds going mental. Obviously his music's going um, you can see the ring, the battlefield as such, and he's coming out, and he's obviously got a got a little shot glass with him. A shot. Um, what do I? What do you call him? A lot, a flask. He's got some uh, shot. I, flask I, I know in. what
0: it's in German. A flask, you call that?
1: Yeah, yeah, we call it a flask. Yeah.
0: Oh, what do? You, okay, good. We like. Okay, unfortunately Thomas not here, but in German we say Flachmann.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, so we had that for a bit of Dutch courage. Um, obviously, you know, hyping himself up. And I know Tom said before you you really think he could die in this match? Like it is so dangerous this type of match, and only these two in this company could do this type of match. I think because there's so much on the line for him, storyline wise, and you know wrestling wise, and um and the title wise. Um, and when you come to the match, obviously, and Kenny comes out to battle cry um, as he normally does, looking looking a bit like a maniac. Like it's and it's definitely obviously, you know, done right because he's the hero and Mox is the face. You you love him when Mox comes out. When he comes out you think, oh my god, he's gonna kill John. Um but for the for the whole match, like the setup was amazing. Some really good spots, which I'm sure you'll get to again. Like like the theme in this episode, uh come to you for the spots and the play by play. Um but one of my favourites, uh the paradigm shift that Mox done on Kenny uh off the uh, edge of the ring onto the tables which covered in barbed wire um explosives underneath. I think, I don't know whether people thought like, you know, the explosives were going to be like actual bombs or something because I feel like people were getting their, maybe not hopes up but you know, like, I think people actually wanted to see people die in this match, like, from the way people going on Reddit. Like, it's it's a match. It's for our entertainment. Yeah, right. No one's actually going to die. <laughs> like, calm down. Like, no, crikey. No. We've got some serious, like, arsonists or whatever on Squared Circle or AW Reddit. Like, people want, I don't know, pain <laughs> to these wrestlers. But no, the, it, it was still, I think, before we obviously we talk about the end, which we're going to come to, if you look at it from just a match point, match of the night for me amazing match and definitely will go down you know in history um i think for the right reasons as well as obviously what we'll touch about um but i think it's still an amazing match and i'm i know for sure me personally like i watch wrestling matches quite regularly with like liam maybe like once a week once every other week we'll like have a little catch up and watch a couple of wrestling matches this will be one i'll go back to five ten years now watch it because i loved it and it's why wouldn't you it involves a couple of my favorite wrestlers. Um, has a really good storyline to it. It's a match that you probably won't see again for a long time. Um, it's unique. It's, you know, got loads of good spots. Um, you know, it's actually got violence, like, you know, really good violence and stuff. And it's just insane. Um, so, and it's just a shame. Obviously what happened happened again, we'll touch that. But for me personally, based on just the match, match of the night, loved it. Bravo to Mox and Kenny for putting on such a good show. Um, for that match and yeah i hope we get to see it again um but it was it was needed it was a needed match to end the feud i think they needed something like this with some sort of um stipulation like this instead of just a normal match because you know you need to end this feud with a bang <laughs> a bang as an explosive barbed wire death match is a bang. <laughs>
0: right yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah Completely agree with you. I think that, that we can already wrap up the match of the night section because I also agree with you there. Just do it now. <laughs> was my match of the night the one? Yeah, right. Because that was the thing I was looking forward to. I, you are a huge Mox fan. I'm a huge Kenny fan for years now. Um, was looking so much forward to. It. Well, I'm so a, yeah, I'm a huge Mox and Kenny also. fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger Kenny fan. Like Kenny yeah. is like on top. There's just RVD is is above him, so Kenny is really. Uh, like my my from from the active ones although rvd is also active but now like really on top because rvd is not the rvd Mm -hmm. he was 20 years ago when i liked him more or loved him more um but yeah it was just a banger you know like uh it was it was awesome for me like really to watch that i'm i'm not a person who wants to see violence and people die or i don't like splatter movies or so but this this stipulation just brought it up on point these two people hate each other so much they have to go to this barbaric sadistic match mm. to finally put an end to that shit and uh yeah in the beginning they were mostly trying to avoid that which is of course uh uh completely common that you don't want to land in in the in the barbed wire and in the explosive so this was, this was quite funny to see that um but yeah then moxie was the first person to be blown up first i think there were like five or six times they really landed in it and really launched the explosives on the side like i said at one time uh, kenny got something in his face uh, and i think it was gunpowder so he was just needed some water to get that out there um what was interesting for me also you mentioned the paradigm shift of the apron into the barbed wire explosive table very crazy also the landing was brutal really and in the end i think no kenny was hurt a lot also but mox was laying in the barbed wire <laughs> and then you're like how is he gonna get out without being hurt so it's like laying on a bed of uh, of needles you know uh, or nails yeah what i wrote down which was quite interesting um they also in this match didn't let uh, mox or like any wrestler like Kote bush is the only one who did it until now you now kick out of The one-winged angel no he just kicked to the side and launched another explosive to Mm. stop the one two three count on him that was quite interesting i think so they are still still selling that i was like when you when can he hit the one-winged angel and put him down there i was like is it over now it doesn't feel like but he's not kicking out what they're gonna do and then launch the explosive that was that was really smart really cool uh yeah the match ended with, I think, what we all expected that, or got to the end when the Good Brothers came in and just interrupted the match, interrupted Moxley from gaining more and more momentum, I think. It looked like it that he was gaining the, the hand back, the overhand back, like we say in German. And uh, then they interrupted it, completely stopped and brought in also not the barbed wire baseball bat, the barbed wire explosive baseball bat, was it? Which Kenny then struck on Moxley for a huge, a real huge explosion just from a baseball bat compared to what we come later. That was a massive thing. I was like, oh my God, this is dangerous because it's so close to the ice then also and uh, the face. Um, yeah, and then Kenny hit another One-Winged Angel, but onto a uh, unfolded chair, which was very brutal, but he hit it perfectly on it, like not on one side of it or so, like he hit it perfectly where I was like, well, oh, that was brutal, but Moxley wasn't hurt <laughs> seriously from it. Like you could feel, okay, he, he wasn't really injured from it. Um, yeah, but uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers thought different. They kept on going after Kenny. They uh, kept slapping him. Uh, in the end, they were handcuffing him, really beating him up brutal just to let the countdown run down. So in between the match, there was like a like a submarine sound, I don't know, when a torpedo is coming close or so, I don't know how to describe the sound which was coming, which was warning, was putting a little tension on it. And then the commentary also said, oh, this means like the, oh, the, the explosion, the 30 minute uh, countdown timer is almost gone. Oh, they, they need to hurry up now. This got a little closer to the end until the countdown was running on the screen in the background, they bu- beat up Moxley brutally and what then happened will go down in wrestling history, I think. So the timer ran down from one minute to, let's say, 10 seconds down, and at one point where it was close to the 10 seconds, the Good Brothers, Kenny Omega and Don Callis, they were posing on stage, they were like, yeah, we're the best, and then they're like, oh fuck, 10 seconds, we need to get away. There was something big happening Uh, on the way in again they left of course through the uh, heel uh heel tunnel and out of the heel tunnel in the complete opposite direction to the stage touring was running eddie kingston you're like thinking who the hell would save this poor guy they're just gonna let this thing explode and he'll be written off the show he's a baby on his way or so they want to keep him out of the thing a little bit now eddie kingston came out tried to drag his old friend out of this thing. He didn't want him obviously to die. There was something huge happening. Like Don Callis also said before, he tried to drag him and a few seconds before, it was very well acted, I have to say also. It was really good acting. And he was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just gonna lay myself on and protect him. And then came a black screen. The show was over. It was a really big, and great show, I think. (laughs) No, then came out like, uh, I can only say from my point. I don't, I don't want to make such a big fuss out of it. Of course, it ruined the whole moment when these real small sparkles and the explosives, which were in front of the ring and not in the ring, came out. Um, explosion was not that big but eddie kingston was laying on top of moxley like he just got i don't know killed they were in second world war at omaha beach or so and he just (laughs) tried to protect him in the end nothing happened he was he was overacting then definitely they could have solved that maybe better of course like you as or we as people standing outside were like yeah they could have solved it better you don't know what they said before what eddie kingston was thinking about it What what was going on there but the explosions and the reaction from it were definitely not i think also what they expected i read also now on, on the news just shortly before uh, the recording of this podcast that kenny omega was very upset backstage that this didn't blow off correctly um, in the media uh, crunch afterwards tony khan also said uh, yeah it was definitely something kenny omega but they will uh, kenny omega's fault like on screen fault uh, but they will put that into a storyline in uh, in Dynamite maybe tomorrow. we'll. They definitely need to address that. And what was also interesting, there were a lot of videos of this online, of course, also mock videos. I sent one in the group, which I think was <laughs> on point funny, when you play the uh, Titanic music yeah. uh, <laughs> on the right spot there. But these videos got flagged and taken down because of copyright infringement, which AEW usually never does um that they are putting small clips down or so so that was something they wanted to have out of the internet maybe because they wanted people to buy the pay-per-view to see that to see this weird ending or they just were ashamed of it but uh, yeah i said now i i think now before coming to you i think it's not that bad it's just of course it just puts 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 something like unfortunate on it like the ending was so good so almost perfect and then this happens they are like ah for fuck's sake that's uh, that's so poor and I was laughing also at this point but I was not we're all human something happens there happened there didn't go off as they planned to I think it was not that big of a deal that it didn't happen as it was supposed to because I think I got the message I, I was like okay this is a live show this can happen but yeah but what do you think about it? How did you react when you saw that?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you've pretty much touched on the key points I wanted to make. Uh, one of the things I want to address, and just, just to anyone that's listening as well, don't put the company down because of this. This is a live show. This is, you know, it's not a cinematic match like Sting and Derby versus Teen Taz. Um, it's not a taping. This is live. And it just goes to show these things can happen when it's a live show. Was the match near enough perfect? Yes, Would the ending, if it had gone right, made it undoubtedly one of the best things we've seen on AEW? Yes. Just because it's not gone to plan doesn't mean we should completely strip this match of what it was. It was an excellent match with excellent storyline implications. And because of one thing, I'm seeing so much hate on AEW, so much hate on the pay-per-view and all this stuff. No. I even saw one person ask for a refund. It's like, mate, come on. You've got a really good pay-per-view here just because of that one thing they need to address it um they definitely could have you know if they were a bit more you know on it could have even addressed it straight away on the pay per view like yeah eddie kingston looking at views and then say it was just like a trick or you know kenny omega's you know um crafting of the ring wasn't quite a plan but no um obviously poor poor eddie kingston and you know the the real person that does play eddie kingston um you know, obviously got told like this is what's going to happen. Sell it like yeah, like that. Um, so yeah, looking if I'm honest, and I think it's going to give people a reason to tune into Dynamite now just to see how they're going to address it. So you know, if if something bad happens, it's just moral of the story. If something bad happens, you can still make a good out of it. There's a way to kind of salvage something from it, and I think that's going to be seen on tonight tonight's Dynamite um but yeah so just to anyone that's listening please don't i even yeah like i even saw people saying oh this happens to AEW all the time the production's bad like blah 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 it's like you know what just just relax like the reason we watch wrestling and we watch the two hours of dynamite every week and watch pay per view is to be entertained were you not entertained you were so just shut shut the fuck up enjoy it for what it was you're watching a wrestling match if it had gone you know the way it was obviously it would have added nicely to the storyline implications it didn't so let's just you know forget it it's it was a good pay-per-view it was a good match um and that's all that really needs to be said really um and you know it will it will for me and i know it will for some people live on live long in the memory for the wrong reasons for me it will live long in the memory for right reasons because it was a fucking awesome match
0: yeah right i think we we are here on on the same point on the same side here uh also i wouldn't shit on the whole pay-per-view completely now because this ending wasn't perfect like in general now we talked about the the match of the night like in general like my rating it it wouldn't be it it wasn't the best um pay-per-view of them but it was still a strong one of course you will remember for it for the mist explosion but i will more remember it for definitely the exploding barbed wire match Mm. Uh, that's definitely and uh, the first match sting was in the other matches were all like good and decent, except the OC match, I would say, like, if I would have a soundboard like Tom Screamer of the Night Screamer of the Week, Scream, yeah, we agree uh, Miro match, yeah, or Screamer of the Week um, that was the match with Miro Chuck Taylor, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy, definitely, but all in all, the the whole event was great um, for me like, it was a really good show, very good show um, the main events like I said, two main events for me were great it was worth waiting for them really awesome and uh yeah i would I, I don't give it a give it a rating or rank it somewhere but it was a good show one of one of the best shows not maybe one of the best but definitely one of the better shows of them of the pay-per-view shows and a good start into the new year
1: hmm, I'd, I'd go for it if i had to rate it probably and see if you agree maybe a seven out of ten seven and a half out of ten
0: I would say eight. Eight.
1: Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll go. Yeah. We'll go for. We'll go for eight then. Eight out of ten. Um. We'll see if Tom yeah, agrees. Okay. With that's that. good.
0: That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what. I, I would say. Okay. Cool. We're on point there. On the same point there. <laughs> then, uh, let's look forward to the Dynamite episode that's happening, where we're yeah. The
1: Fallout. Fallout today, from tonight. Revolution.
0: Right. The Revolution Fallout. So you already said it before that it will be six-man tag match for the women's with. Britt baker maki ito and nyla rose against hikaru shida rio mizunami and thunder rosa then we have the tnt championship match which was also already previewed by the match itself by the face of the revolution match darby allen as the champion defending against scorpio sky um, we got a little glimpse of the aw world tag team championship that might happen we have a singles match between matt jackson and ray phoenix we have also what has been said before in in on revolution is the inner circle war council which will be happening and then we have all ego ethan page's first dynamite match against lee johnson together with qt marshall maybe also there some reactions some fallout from uh, from revolution and we'll hear from christian cage which is which is which is a little uh terrifying for me from the formulation
1: <laughs> of that you're scarred
0: <laughs> yeah, i'm scarred yeah i'm traumatized so <laughs> yeah so what what do you think about this this match card is there something you're looking forward to or like in general waiting for some surprises
1: yeah from a from a actual match standpoint um I've, i think it's hard to look past um the six-man women's match, I think that's going to be epic. I'm really looking forward to that. In terms of, you know, storyline implications, in a circle, war Council is going to be cool, and it'll be nice to, you know, hear from Christian Cage is actually speak, because obviously in Revolution he just came out of his clipboard, had a little, you know, moment and signed and then left. So it'll be nice to hear what he has to say, what he kind of has plans for his time in AEW. Um, but yeah, so overall, as a standout of anything for... This week's Dynamite, yeah, the women's six, man. That's going to be awesome. Looking forward to seeing some of our favorites like Makayito, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and some that maybe aren't quite our favorites like Nyla Rose. But, you know, still be good.
0: Yeah, right. Completely agree with you. Um, also, Matt Jackson versus Ray Phoenix. This will be a nice match. Although we had this match already like in the, in the Escalera de la Muerte match where... Uh, the uh, lucha brothers yeah the lucha brothers were against the young bucks but yeah in general the card is interesting to see the matches are i have to also have to say that the matches are really good on that mm. on that or the, or the yeah the matches and the segment which are announced are really good um really curious to see also um how much uh viewership it will draw in the end because on nxt i think it's on nxt this wednesday when there's adam cole against uh finn Balor for the nxt championship uh which is teased now a bit. So just looking into less important shows, but uh, um, yeah, and that's actually, I have to say, I want to put that in now when we're talking about less important shows, because I forgot that last Friday, that it looks now really, really strongly that NXT is moving Wednesdays off USA Network to a Tuesday because of the, NHL games, they want to present on that. So that will be interesting to see because last week we had with the Shack match uh, 1.3 million uh, viewers or one, yeah, 1. 1.3 million just for the match. Um, that was very interesting to see. It's also interesting to see with the development now, um, because of course we, I'm speaking for myself or for we, for ourselves, because we're in that AEW bubble a little bit, but looking onto the internet itself, um, it was a big hype around this event like really big they had they were trending worldwide already before the pay-per-view with the hashtag AEW revolution before the pay-per-view mm. not during that was uh, quite interesting um also with the signing of christian having sting in there i'm really interesting how the year will now be also for aew how they will develop um learning from their mistakes uh seeing that the women's are getting now like with the tournament and everything um a little more on-screen time which we both hope um and see how they're just developing like over the whole year how they are building up their program this hype thing i hope this hype thing doesn't damage their reputation too much Mm. um and they are not doing that in, in the future again but uh yeah i can see when you see the ratings of raw and everything that. They 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 always said uh, they don't want to compete with them, but they are really co- serious competition for them now. And in getting into that area, also teaming up with Impact and uh, and and NJPW, it goes in a super interesting direction. Um, I wouldn't say I was disappointed now, but I was hoping for maybe an NJPW talent instead. Mm of Ethan Page, nothing against Ethan Page personally, although there was Maki Ito. She was for me personally, the biggest surprise of the night. There was there was really nice, pleasant surprise. Um, but yeah, starting with this show into the into the year or the, the year, the first big show in the year, it's it's interesting to see where this will lead up to, right? How that Abs- will. No, absolutely. And um you know,
1: yeah, doing doing our first yeah. our first pay-per-view as w-a-n-k um it's been a pleasure doing it with you patrick shame yeah, right. obviously tom can't be here i'm sure he's gutted, he's missed out but you know he, he'll be back for our next yeah, right. um pay-per-view double or nothing where we'll review that so fingers crossed that'll be you know a good one but yeah pleasure doing it with you patrick it's been a nice little evening nice little recap yeah. of what was a good pay-per-view
0: yeah it was nice having a nice uh tete-a-tete with you <laughs> <laughs> just being the two of us now i'm also missing tom here um really looking forward to doing that with you guys uh, i think tomorrow again if everything yeah we'll is have so to fun. we'll have to ask him yeah um if tom yeah right if everything is good with him um hopefully and yeah what else i can say is uh maybe Guys, if you're listening to us from wherever you are, please tell us, let us know, comment on social media, on YouTube, what do you think about the show, if I'm a total racist prick, if Jack, if Jack is is the redhead you're thinking of, or if you want to see pictures of him, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, just let us know, we're just having fun here, you know, like we're doing this just as, as a hobby. By the way, we try to be as close as possible to the show. So. We just hope you're enjoying it as much as we do. We're just fans as you are. And ending that show with a quote, not resting-wise, I just say, good morning, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.